0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. This is Jeff Ellis, and I am here doing the Locked On Indians podcast from my childhood bedroom. So uh, <laughs> sit back. At least it's not in the car. Uh, we are again doing it on the phone. An update on yesterday's show. Uh I have now gotten to spend uh, two days in a row with my father. His language is returning. Uh, we still have some motor issues, but things are looking up. He's He hopefully should make a full recovery. Um, there's still so much to do, but anyone who's gone through something similar kind of knows what it's like. This is like step one, but it's a very encouraging step one. So I want to thank everyone for the well wishes, support, and everything else. It, it's It's been awesome to see. I try my best to respond, but it can sometimes be... Uh, hard A to to get back to everyone because there's there's a lot and B sometimes you just kind of want to veg out and take a moment where you're not thinking about it but my father's doing well um I will at some point try to get him on the podcast when his speech is at a point where um he wouldn't be embarrassed to do it uh so that's that's the first thing in response things are are going well on the father front and again thank you all for that so what's happened in baseball Long and short of it feels like not a ton. Uh, yes, you're going through and kind of looking at things on MLB trade rumors. It's all been pretty quiet of late. There is not a whole ton going on. We do have a bunch of spring training games, but I refuse to cover spring training. It doesn't really matter. I mean, guys getting called up, that matters. But at the end of the day, like, Nolan Jones could probably hit 800 and mash 50 home runs and still would start the year in AAA. Like... We know how this game works. Service time is going to be manipulated. Uh, the most interesting thing right now is because of injuries, how many guys are getting opportunities to kind of show or start. Uh, Was it Carrasco should finally debut this week. Uh, Aaron Saval, the same. And there's still no Clevenger. So, you know, it's giving some of those other arms a chance to go out there and get some starts so far this year. Uh, for the Indians, but, uh, I mean, other than that, <coughs> you know, can anyone ever name the guy who led the American League in home runs in spring training? No, you can't. No one knows that. Um, you know, you got uh, Trevor Bauer out there, like, intentionally telling guys what he's going to throw because, you know, he's making fun of the Astros. Uh, if you are curious about most home runs, it belongs to Chris Davis and Miles Straw. Uh, if you know or followed me for a time I've been very intrigued by Miles Straw for a very long time. Uh, I would still love to uh to see him get regular opportunities. But when you got you know on the first page of players, someone like Riley Green who was in high school at this time a year ago uh it's really all you need to know it's just such a cross cross section of guys who are up playing, performing, getting opportunity um, and Bobby Bradley is listed third. But that's because his name begins with a B, and it just goes alphabetically for everyone with two. So that's that's kind of why spring training doesn't matter a whole ton, a whole bunch. Uh, you know, it matters maybe in terms of someone like Freeman and Arroyo, but I don't think it does because I don't. I, I think Tito Tito knows what he wants already. I don't think anyone can really prove to him that they need to be brought on. Um, Uh, Honestly, maybe the pen arms, like who he feels like he can trust. There's a lot of guys out there to try. That might be the one place where Tito doesn't already have a firm idea. But this is a man uh, whose thought process is cement. It's not rubber. There's not flexibility. We've seen that over the years. It is non-changing. It is non-adapting. It is pretty constant. So I'm very assured at this point that he knows who and what will be on this team more than likely. He knows at least 23 out of 26 at this point. So there was some minor news today, and it does, in an odd way, relate to the Indians. Uh, The Los Angeles Dodgers released Yadir Alvarez. Now, Alvarez uh, was as high as Baseball American ranked him the 26th best prospect in baseball. As before 2017. If you're curious, his 2016 season, he pitched all of 60 innings, uh, most of it in rookie ball. He pitched 40 innings in the Midwest League. uh, And the numbers were really good. So, I mean, I won't sandbag them too much. But at the end of the day, you know, the reason why he was ranked by everyone pre-2017, Major League Baseball had him 49th baseball prospectus. Had him 23rd, they had him 78th pre-2016. And the reason they had him even ranked there before he even pitched in the majors is he got a $19 million signing bonus. And we've seen so many times uh, those guys who get massive bonuses get rated. And I have talked about this before. I'm kind of burned out on the massive bonus guys. That's why I'm not impressed with Jason Dominguez of the Yankees until he does something. I don't care. You know, Kevin Metien, I rated before he played a game because everyone told me he was as can't miss as they come. And guess what? <laughs> you know, he's not even on an Angels top 20 right now in terms of prospects. It's not good for him. I mean, uh, let's see. Uh, 2019, he hit 278. No, I'm sorry, hit 214, 278 on base percentage, uh, 323 slugging, a 601 OPS. If you go back to that first year, I mean, even in rookie league, yes, he was 17. He's been always young for the level. Uh, But in rookie ball, where talent rises, uh, he was awful. And he's never been good. The walk to strikeout imbalances, like 39 walks, 164 strikeouts for a guy who hit 12 home runs a year ago. Um, And and, and Metien was the next Miguel Cabrera before Jason uh, Dominguez. He was the biggest prospect we had heard talked about and again he's not really viewed very highly right now so that's just one of those things that's why let's we'll talk about Yadier Alonso a little more then we're going to pivot and talk about the Keith Law prospect list I like Keith I don't like Keith I'll kind of get to both points of that and you'll see why um but let's go back to if you believe the talk coming a year ago with Dodgers and Indians trade talks um Yadier was a guy the Indians wanted involved in that trade. They, you know, he's always had arm talent. Uh, I mentioned that 2017 year when he was in the great, uh, the great Lakes League, 12.6 strikeouts per nine to a 2.5 walk per nine. The problem was that year, you know, he, he was still at a 4.9 walk per nine overall that year, and then 7.2 and a 9.8 a year ago. He's always been able to miss bats, but he has— I mean, last year was only three innings, so it was very limited— but the control and some of those other things have just not been there for him. So what you're looking at, uh, if you're the Indians, they took him. he was taken off the 40-man by the Dodgers. Is, can we claim him? Can we fix him? Can we clean him up? Uh, they liked him a year ago. I mean, if they liked him enough a year ago, his name was coming up in trade talks to essentially get him for free at the cost of letting a James... Uh, you don't even have to let James Hoyt go. You don't have to let um, one of the million outfielders go. You just have to put... Um, Tyler Naquin on the 60-day disabled list. He's not coming back in, in more than 60 days. Put him there. It'll be fine. I mean, you could arguably do the same with Emmanuel Class A at this point, 8 to 12 weeks. I mean, 8 weeks would be times 5. That's 40. If it's at 12, that's 60, and that's not counting the recuperation time and the minors that can be part of that process. So, you could put either of those guys on the 40-man easily clear a spot for um, Yadier Alvarez. He didn't pitch last year. If you liked him a year ago... This is kind of a good uh, gut check on uh, was that source accurate? Who stated that? Because if the source was accurate, the Indians should be absolutely trying to work a minor trade, trying to work a minor claim here. Um, You know, they are low on the claim list, so if a team before them claims him, then you can just be like, well, we can't. But if he goes through, uh, I can't see him going through waivers. Someone's Well, maybe someone's going to try to stash him, but then the Dodgers would get to stash him, so we'll see. But if you're the Indians you like to meet ago it's easy to clear the space at this point to add him. Uh, see if you can fix him, and that's one of those things the Indians do well at. They are good at knowing the mechanics of pitchers. Um, guys like Ruben Nay- Nayabla, who are now in the majors, just excelled at that, and they have a lot of people in place who can do that. Okay, let's tackle the second half of the show today. Um, I'm hoping this will work. I hit the wrong button, meant to hit pause, instead I hit stop. So I am going to try to mend these together once I, uh, you know, the whole process, upload it to Google Drive, put it into Audacity, put the ends together, try to make them fit, see if we can make it fit, and then go back around to... um, Converting and uploading and all of that fun jive, a little behind the scenes. So I've always kind of enjoyed Keith Law because of his snarkiness. Um, you know, it's it's really Law more so Callis and um, oh, Sickles who were kind of the guys for me for prospects. But there was a point in time where Keith Law was maybe my favorite baseball writer on the planet. I like board games. I like nerd stuff. Um, I like the fact he took an intellectual approach. It is interesting over the years how he seems to have gone less analytical and more scouting. Uh, This isn't to say that he isn't, but there's definitely some things where like, I don't think he strongly believes in the age relative to level stuff. And he was the first person I saw talk about teams kind of um, knowing that other teams valued that and skewing their players higher. You know, we talked about was Jake Bowers a guy who got aggressively pushed because he could be a little bit better than league average when he was the youngest guy at the level and that significantly increased his value. I mean, maybe. But uh, his list definitely shows not big on the age relative to level. Uh, Speaks very highly of Nolan Jones, and, you know, we've all been there with him. Uh, The low end is he is a first baseman with big power, lots of walks, and it it turns into a platoon. Uh, The upside is average third baseman with... Hey, I'm, I'm not gonna give him an Adam Dunn comp because it's. Can I say Adam Dunn light? Like two thirds of the power, two thirds the walk rate. Could that be it? Is that fair? Um, I, I I do like Jones quite a bit, and you know a lot of places do. M- Mackenzie at two was kind of shocking to me, just because he's two back to back years of health issues. You know we all talked about Bo Naylor and how strong he's been. I won't read through his whole list. Uh, another big person on uh, Brian Racoyo. I st- he's everything I said earlier about you know wanting to see a guy above rookie ball an age relative and that stuff all applies there, and that's why I'm significantly lower on him than the field. Jose Tenya, who I believe is another one of those you know young guys, uh, very young, hasn't done much. Aaron Braccio is interesting, is he was a, kind of, before he got hurt, uh, viewed a lot higher. I mean, he had fantastic and limited uh, opportunities this year, but he's someone who, as people talk, he keeps moving up some boards, some recent high picks, and George Valera at 11th. I was kind of blown away. Daniel Johnson at 13th, I don't understand. <laughs> um, and that's here's what Keith is not afraid to do his own thing. If he has his view, he will tell you, and he is not at all someone who's afraid of being against the board, and I I can very much respect that, and there are points where I wish I could do that more, uh, at the same time, there are points where I wonder if, if, no, I wouldn't say he's trying to be clever or anything like that, because that's just not his style, but, uh, you know, my own personal experience, um, never had a negative directly with him, uh, I do remember I stopped reading his chats because someone asked a question about one of my mocks. I remember I put Mickey Moniak to the Colorado Rockies. They had, like, a third, fourth pick in the draft that year, and Keith asked him about it, and he's like, first off, only idiots do mocks at this time of year, and second off, there's no way Moniak goes that high. Or something along the... I just remember very distinctly being called an idiot. Um, And that was a point where... (laughs) I knew I was having, I was being read in a lot of places. That was when I first went to scout. And that's probably when I saw my work have the most, uh, you know, all I can think of is the word perforation. That's not what I want. Pro proliferation is the word I was going for. But, uh, I was like, oh, well, that's not kind of you. Thanks, Keith. I really enjoy your work, but now I have to not read it anymore. Um that I even then put in the comments, like, love your work, Keith. Some of us have a contract that says we have to do one mock every month and one big board. Uh, that was my statement. And yeah, that's the truth. But I mean, nowadays, everyone's doing a mock, like at the end of the season, everyone's doing like a mock in December. I didn't even do one then because I felt like nothing had changed. I did a mock uh, in February. Uh It's what everybody does now. That's the way this stuff works. And yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of my one takeaway. That's, that's, that, and to me, that's just, it's very sad from like John Sickles has been nothing but kind to me over the few times I've interacted with him through the years and has always like almost thought that it, it it feels like at least that like it's cool that this person um lists me as one of the people and Jim Callis I had him on a podcast when I first got the scout job and he was kind extremely kind before and after and um and that's the thing uh, you know even with that, aside from Keith, he's been... I haven't had any real big other negative reactions. There is one person, and I'm not going to name names, nobody super big, uh, who multiple times was not very nice to me. And I think that kind of says a lot. You know, guys like Hudson, Bolesky, Belensky, before I went to the Astros, was probably the best person doing this that I had seen uh, in my lifetime. And, I mean, Hudson was phenomenal. And the Astros added him, and their minors got a lot better. So, I mean, there's a lot of people doing great work with the, uh, the Astros. Not the Astros. Did I say the Astros multiple times? I'm mean, going to say the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hudson's with the Arizona Diamondbacks. But, uh, you know, extremely, extremely kind uh, individual. Carlos Calazo, who took his job, has always been a, a real sweet human being and i can go on and on it's like you know everyone out there is really super nice except well there's two people that are just terrible and i won't say the other but then the other is taylor blake ward you want to avoid him like the plague and of course you know i'm kidding taylor's like my best friend in the writing field so just keep that in mind there is one person i've had negative is not taylor taylor is like a brother to me um go listen to lockdown angels podcast to hear more of uh just one of the greatest human beings i know uh Taylor Blake Ward but yeah and that's what I'd say in general like I met Mayo and he was the nicest dude uh was like go check this matchup out go check these have you heard about like he was giving me hints giving me information he had no need to do that uh so yeah it's most people I find out there are fantastic so when people aren't it sticks out a little bit more and I'm not going to bury anyone, but I do want to praise. Like I said, uh, I don't hold anything against Keith, and I still enjoy a lot of his work. I love board games, too. Uh, you know, I, I I have Gloomhaven. I'm hoping to have some high school friends come over and play tonight. Uh, if I'm in town, I might as well have some fun while I'm here, right? Uh, things like that. I just, just kick-started the Dark Tower on on. On Kickstarter uh, I love the tiny Epic games I could do a whole podcast just On my love of board and video games We'll save that for another time include Those in your listener mail questions I guess uh, I'll answer them there But that's You know that's just kind of it I think it's interesting Though to look at what someone like Keith Does to go look at uh, What Kylie's going to do at ESPN now What Eric will do by himself at FanGraphs, uh, What You know Mayo and Callis do at MLB and kind of get a full picture, uh, see where people are drastically different on stuff. I mean, I would also advise you to go check my stuff out at Scouting Baseball or wherever yet to be determined is. Um, it's uh, look at a lot of sources. There are a lot of people doing fantastic work who fly a bit under the radar. And again, I I want to stress that most people you will meet in this field are some of the kindest human beings I've been lucky enough to meet. Uh, I sometimes feel like the bigger the name, uh, outside of someone like Heyman, maybe, who just seems like a real jerk in every interaction online, uh, man, I'm just throwing haymakers tonight. Not even haymakers, because they're not really landing. He doesn't know who I am. I'm I'm a nobody. But, uh, you know, most of the people, like the biggest names, the people who do this stuff the best are often the kindest. And I just want to, you know, give that shout. I, I feel like everyone who's come out of baseball America, it's like a requirement, Um know Emily Walden someone who's new to the prospect game relatively I mean I'm sure she would argue against that but in terms of some of the bigger names she's like a rising star who's doing a lot of really good work Um, very kind online I'll try to get her on the podcast at some point Uh, even though she doesn't directly do the Indians she does enough with the Tigers through the years to have seen and met some of the Indians guys so you know there's just a shout out someone new who's on the rise but uh, yeah that's a podcast for tonight Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for the well wishes. Thank you all for rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Uh, This has been a fun journey on the podcast, and I look forward to continuing it. I've been Jeff Ellis. You have been listeners of the show. And as always, Go Tribe!